Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30. And, of course, you're listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. And in the studio this morning, first up, we have to say a very good morning to A.B. Bishop. Morning, A.B. Ah, good morning, Pam. Good morning, everyone. Lovely to be here. I'm just busy pulling my uh, cord for the headphones, and I think my plants are about to go AWOL oh. <laughs> off the bench. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful morning. I was appreciating the uh, the White Cedars coming up Victoria Parade, the Melia Azadarak. Oh, Aren't they yes. incredible at the moment? They've stu- they're holding on to their berries, so the berries Don't are sort of orangey-yellow, yes. and then they've got their sort of Grayish, mauvey, lavender flowers and and the uh, bright green foliage. Mm. Oh, such a beautiful small tree, (laughs) or medium-sized tree. Yeah, yeah. Haven't got many deciduous native trees, and that that being one of them. uh, Exactly. So see them. throughout the world now, they're becoming quite popular. Oh, it's so yeah. attractive and, and such a useful shade yeah, tree yeah, and uh, sure. just, yeah, this just looks a treat coming down that avenue. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have to say good morning to Graham Morrison. Morning, Graham. Good morning, Pam, AB, listeners out there. Good, good, good to be uh, back here. Missed the last one because I was uh, scheduled to come on, but... Had the chance of going up to uh, Canberra to see their Fluoride and uh, a, a tour up there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Pam, uh, it was nice to get the rain. Oh, yes. We had eight, 18 mils at home, which went, wow. went down very well, very well. I thought uh, me, uh, supposedly, be the uh, fruit gugugugugio, uh, it would be a good idea if I. Uh, Went down to Bullion uh, uh, Arden Garden through the week, which I did to see what's going and what's new, sort of thing. So okay. I had a browse around there. Right. It's, uh, you know, I know you don't want advertising on this place, but it's a, it's a, it's a great. No, great, they're very, they're very it's, good. It's, down. Terrific, it's, a, yeah. it's a great place for it uh, is. people, like-minded people who, you know, have a bit of an organic appro- uh, approach and. Uh, Look, uh, you know, I was amazed. I looked at their dwarf deciduous trees, and there was four, I counted for for 46. Right. And, you know, they just really up that part part, mm-hmm. part, 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 part of their line. It's a, it's a popular thing. Now, it's you know, people are getting the hang hang of it. You can put more more trees in you. They're amenable. You know, to get a whacking big, you know, five metre tree that you can't do, you know, can't possibly uh, use all the peaches or nectarines or whatever they are. That's right. And uh, then in citrus, there were 13 dif- different varieties of dwarf cit- citrus mm. there as well. Uh, and they're fantastic for growing in containers, aren't oh they? Oh, yes. They're, they really they're, are. They're a good, 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 good thing. But, yeah. Uh, and I counted uh, 48 varieties of tomatoes. I think when I started my n- n- nursery in Doncaster way, way, way back, there were about three or four different varieties of <laughs> t- t- tomatoes. Now mm-hmm. it's gone, gone haywire. <laughs> and uh, so, but, you know, for people out there, just, you know, 
try, try, try and maybe get three three different varieties each year and give them a go and see what you Absolutely. like. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, because yeah, different, different varieties suit different climates, don't they? Oh, so, you, I mean, yeah, I know that for true, us true. the uh, Cavallo Nero uh, kale is the one that actually suits our environment yeah, for some particular so, so, reason. Yeah, and true, yes. So even yeah, though it's yeah, the same yeah, plant, yeah. different yeah, different yeah, ones will grow yeah, better yeah, depending yeah, where you yeah, are yeah, in your yeah, soil. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And there's such a variety of citrus and like you say, there's diverse varieties of some ones that'll take more frost, some some, some like it hotter, of course. Mm. I tried to push that theme along later on. We'll be talking about it on your social page, uh, Pam. I put a photo of just three different varieties of citrus there with a very diverse look look, 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 look to them. And you're right, AB, they, uh, there's uh, uh, horses for courses, aren't mm. they? Yeah. Mm. And, of course, um, it gives you the opportunity to stagger when they're going to mature so you don't have everything coming into, into full harvest at the same time. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a real tr- yeah. um, sort of, uh, um, what would you call it, a trick in the garden yes. is to be able to stagger your planting, even with uh, vegetables because it's, it's so easy to think, oh, I've got to get all my tomatoes and then you get them all and then you have a glut of tomatoes and then you have no tomatoes. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, that, um, that succession planting, I think, is yeah, it's quite tricky to be able to do, but if you can, it's useful. People, you know, just get... Paranoid about the could get tomatoes in you know cup cup day sort of thing and yeah. and then that that'll be it but indeed I've said on this program before we grew uh, up to thirteen thousand on stakes in the olden uh, olden days and we planned our crop between Christmas Day and New Year's Day. So, you know, you can, it's like you say, stagger the crops mm. from, from crop, crop, day, crop day up and even into the first two, 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 two weeks of January. Mm-hmm. You put them there and, you, and then you get a continuity of mm. fr- fr- fruit. Don't put a heck of a lot in in one hit sort of thing. Yeah. Stagger them. It yeah. makes so much difference. And, yeah. of course, our warmer, our warmer weather seems to extend be extending further and further into the new year, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that's true, true. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's, uh, I know with the cit- citrus there, uh, you know, once upon a time we were frightened of frost, although we did get one ding, ding, dinger last year. It, was, it wasn't a bad effort. But you can grow citrus without the worry of frost in such a lot of places around Melbourne nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we actually didn't get one frost. Did you have a, any pan yes, frost? Yes, but we only had a couple yeah. compared yeah. to what we normally get. Yeah, that was so pretty was mild, mild. mild there yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we had a couple of days where the uh, bird baths froze over, but no frost, surprisingly. Okay. So, yeah, obviously it wasn't the, the right um, climatic uh, conditions for frost, but, yeah, yeah still, still cold enough to freeze the water. But, I mean, um, I know that I think it is oranges and, uh, yeah. well, Valencia oranges particularly yes. are, are fine in, in colder yeah. climates. Yes, that's right, and some, yeah. some of the lemon... Lemons, the old uh, Lisbon lemon, l- 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 Lisbon yeah, is pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. S- s- secure like that. Yeah, but, uh, the other bit of news, Pam, uh, I, I went up to this b- b- Botanica with Botanica. I don't know whether you've heard of that. But, uh, yes, for pe- people out there uh, who are, you know, obviously the people who listen to this pro- pro- program love their plants, and to get to take the opportunity to go with this Botanica is a uh, as the name implies, a, a, tra- a, tra- a travel group that will take you on trips. Started by Ju- Ju- Judy Vanderen, uh, in, in, uh, by, uh, just, just, just down from the, the, the Grampian area. And, uh, 
just uh, liked her travel. Her uncle uh, was able to get her a, tra- a, a trip overseas. They were on a, a farming property there, growing, growing their sheep. She got a bit of a, tra- a travel bug and uh, joined a travel comp- company and uh, got this idea in, in, in the 90s that there might be a market out there for people who love their gardens to tra- travel. And, and uh, now it's, it's gone haywire. AB, you know, that all over the world she's joined up with APT, the other big tra- 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 travel Giant and, and so, 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 so many. The only and I have, ta- have taken advantage of it six six times now. We went mm. to, to China and j- 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 Japan and got to the Chelsea Flower, flower Show. A couple of uh, tour, tours over into uh, into New Zealand. A good friend that speaks on this plo- program, Simon Rickard. He was our guide twice and uh, again in Japan. Right. Him, like uh, Stephen, got a wide knowledge of, mm. uh, of plants and mm. just a great guy. And you know, you you you, you haven't no, never short of a conversation because you're with people. How's your garden going, sort of thing? And you know, it, just because you're like-minded pe- people, exactly, it, it's just a, just a good a good environment, and you you have a great time. Yep. Mm. Yeah, and everyone shares yeah. their knowledge, and you exactly. yeah, yeah, you get the growing knowledge good. of different plants. Exactly, and, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yes, even the you know the, the the guides with so much no, no knowledge that they're learning as well. That's a as, as we know in the horticulture and plant that's just so diverse in you. This, you never know the, the lot, and <laughs> it's good to learn, isn't it? Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yes. Up in the this uh, botanical tour up to, to Canberra, Pam. We were, uh, had uh, Judy Horton as our guide up there, and uh, she's a. a, a a uh, radio presenter like yourself was up uh, up in Sydney had a wide wide wide, wide uh, a long period with Yates as their promotion per, per, right. per, per, per person up there, and her and her husband were just so great. Sixteen of us plus 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 them. We got to Floriate a little bit, you know, just, just under underwhelmed, they say. Uh, with Fourier, but maybe you know the, the tulips weren't as big as I would have ma- imagined, uh, and but it was still spectacular. It's a it's a great you know they they to say they put in a million bulbs and and uh, and uh, bed, bed, bedding bedding plants, but got 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 down to and the people out there listening they should be aware that there's a, there's a place up there, and he started in, in 1997 called. Uh, uh, tulip top gardens, and and just it's like a hidden valley. It's sort of exposed, but a lovely bit of soil they grow, 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 mm. grow their gear in, and uh, uh, they con- con- compost a lot. And this this it's just the way it's laid out. You know the design of the place with bedding annuals with stripes on it and stars, and you know just and then swirls of. Uh, uh, Tulips like you've never seen come up. You know, it's almost two to two feet tall with big blossoms and colour coordinated through there. And they, they, to top that, they've got blossom trees there as well. They say a hundred hundreds of blossom trees right. and things like your prunus, I think Alvin prunus. There's peaches, the flowering peach, versi colour with with three different colours on it, and magnificent. And he sets this up to show the show the public, and there's a charge to go in, of course. Yes. It's mid October, mid September to mid October, just in those four or five weeks. And 
just uh, if people ever get a chance to do that in that time slot, it's just uh, so spectacular. I said to Judy, yeah, go guide my, my camera's got hot, you know, taking photos. And is it, is it uh, just a display garden? They don't sell the tulips? Yes, they, they, they do, do. They have, 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 have tulips, so mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. And again, their AB, they, they get right into, you know, New, new cultivators from uh, uh, from overseas, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he's re- really keen on getting new, new stuff in there. Mm, it's hard to bring but stuff uh, in these days, isn't it? Oh, very. Yeah, hard. That's, that's true. It take, 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 takes long, longer mm. time. But I think he does a little bit of breeding himself as uh, as, as well there. Excellent. But uh, just to bore you, stiff. Uh, we went from there down to uh, uh, Barrel. Ba- ba- oh, sorry, sorry, from Sydney Botanical Gardens to ba- Barrel in a lovely rich soil down there and some beautiful gardens. Oh, yes. You know, some it's of renowned. The husband gardens. and wives, they get in there and they just, and I think it was some of the, the people have done well in Sydney that have their summer residence down mm-hmm. there and have a garden and look after it sort of thing. There's some lo- lo- lovely pro- 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 properties there. But uh, I wonder they get extreme AB in their, their, their love for plants. One, they, you know, in, in Melbourne, I don't know if we've ever tried, tried, tried to grow herbaceous pe- pe- peonies. No, not me. They don't really work. Uh, uh, the tree peony, you can get flowers out of them because it's, it's really too, too warm. But the, 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 this girl, it was, I think, Mittagong, and uh, she, she said, Oh, I've got to go. I said, Do you get the trouble having them, getting them to flower, you know? And she said, No, 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 no. no. In the, I found out that in, in, in winter, it's about two, 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 for two weeks, I think it was June or July, get half a bucket of ice cubes. And, oh, and, oh, I think oh, you've, oh. you've heard, heard that one. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be keen, haven't you? No? <laughs> Sounds like a lot of trouble. Just plant something that suits. The environment. Yeah, 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 I think so. <laughs> and, and then go go to uh, yeah, China or wherever. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But I got to the National Arboretum, Arboretum in Canberra. Of course, that's a massive, you know, that's uh, a uh, uh, what, 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 what's trees the, what, from a hundred countries, is yeah, it? Or? Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. And big plantings there. Yeah. Lot, it's in its infancy now. Mm. It's got, got, got a long way to go. And a bit of trial and error. They tried a big patch of Wollamai pines, and it got a bit wet there, and they that didn't look too too, too good. But oh. uh, spe- spectacular. Will be a great you know facility in the in, in the future. That's, oh, I'm that, sure. That, that, mm. that, 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 that's for sure. Yep. Yep. But uh, another one that you, you the listeners might. Uh, put in their notebook Mayfair outside Goulburn he was a uh, a merchant banker and had quite a few million dollars to play around with set out 50 acres of water garden and uh, he's about 150 acres all up but set it up as a a touristy thing and it's pretty spectacular really I think Mm -hmm. 20,000 20, uh, daffodil bulbs uh, he, he was put in. You get this drifts of daffodils that are out in flower. They were, they were mag- mag- magnificent. And uh, what they say? Fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Yeah. Mm. So that's outside yeah. Canberra, is it? That yeah, one? yeah, yeah, that was more to go- Goulburn, getting, Goulburn. Get, get, oh, yeah, get, yeah, get, yeah. Get, get, getting down a bit. Yeah. But uh, got out into the uh, Murano, Mar- is it a. Uh, country. Then we go, 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 got around, and the back of the Blue Mountains came out to Lura and Katoomba. Right. Yeah. Mount uh, Annan, 
up there, there uh, maybe Mount Tomo Botanical Gardens, I'm trying to say. And then the Nauru Gardens, uh, he was the, the same guy who used to own that, it was Peter Valder. television a bit. And uh, he uh, was a great old guy, I think he liked his wisteria, had a great thing. And we went to this place, I think they call it Nauru, if I pronounce that, that correctly. And uh, said to the the guy that was showing us around the down here, good soil here. Yeah. He said, up 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 to ten to ten, ten meters of rich basalt soil here. Yeah. Oh so gosh, ten, ten meters of it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's different mate, to your your, your, your country. Fair. No, <laughs> yeah, fair, isn't it? <laughs> this is mean. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So all up, it sounds like yeah, a really no, great trip. It, it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, many private gardens and botanical gardens, and it works well. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Okay, I must get to some community announcements. Uh, As usual, uh, there is quite a bit happening. First up, a reminder that uh, there is uh, five open gardens today, um, and uh, this is part of the uh, Yarra Valley Garden Club. Uh, They're open from 10 a.m. this morning through until 4.30 this afternoon. Uh, If you follow the signs along the Warburton Highway from Seville to Warburton, uh, and you can start at any of the five gardens. Now, there are entry passes available at any of the gardens. You can visit five gardens for $20 or $5 per single garden, and children under 16 are free. <clears throat> now, uh, one of the gardens opening is uh, Virginia Haywood's Garden, so it's open today. It's at 50 Linwood Road in Seville. Other gardens that are open are Hoddles Creek, uh, Yarra Junction, and two in Clark Avenue in Warburton. Uh, but if you uh, headed up to Virginia's garden, then you can get uh, addresses for the rest of them from there. Uh, just a little note, um, there's no entry to toilets at any of the gardens. Public toilets are available along the Warburton Highway and no pets allowed. Uh, now also on today, running, uh, well it's been running this weekend, but today is the last day of it, uh, there is the uh, Spring Festival up at uh, Garden of St Earth and uh, one of the features of this will be um, at uh, 2.30 there'll be a tour of the garden with the head gardener and with uh, Paul West. Uh, Now, those of you who know Paul West, he was presenter of River Cottage Australia and he's launching his new book, The Edible Garden Cookbook and Planting Guide. So uh, that will be happening at 2.30 today. But uh, they, uh, starting at 10.30, they've got a garden tour with a head gardener. Uh, 11 till 2, there are kids' activities. 11.30, um, summer care for your fruit trees. So these are all um, free mini uh, masterclasses. 1 o'clock, they'll be growing heirloom tomatoes. 2 o'clock, basics on seed saving. As I said, 2.30, the tour with Paul West and the head gardener. And then at 3 o'clock, preparing your soil for a bumper crop. So all of that is happening today. The address of Garden of St Earth is at 189 Simmons Reef Road in Blackwood. Uh, If you're a a member of the Diggers Club, you're in free and also under-16s are free. Other visitors, $10 entry for that one. Also, still running, and particularly for this long Cup Day weekend, uh, so they're open t- 
Today, Monday and Tuesday, Gardevalia is continuing. This will be the last weekend of this Festival of Gardens. I do recommend you go to uh, online and just type in Gardevalia, which is G-A-R-D-I-V-A-L-I-A, Gardevalia, and that will show you all the gardens that are open over this long weekend. Uh, As I say, this is the last opportunity to catch up with those gardens. Now also as part of it, and running through until Wednesday, uh, Country Farm Perennials is open, David and Meryl Johnson. In fact, Meryl will be on the program um, in uh, December here, uh, but they have free garden opening every day, as I say, until 6th of November, 10 through till 4. Uh, they do ask that if you're going to be purchasing plants from them, to bring reusable bags or boxes. You're more than welcome to take a picnic to have in the garden or there will be tea or coffee with refreshments available including sandwiches, scones, homemade cakes and slices. And uh, uh, the address for their garden is 96 Langs Road, L-A-I-N-G-S, Langs Road in Nayuk. Uh, Their phone number there is 56. Two eight four two zero two. That's 5628 4202. Now, uh, tomorrow and Tuesday, um, Tonkin's Rare Bulbs and Perennials have got an end of spring two day sale on. This is uh, 10 through till 3 on both days, and uh, they, of course, are up in the Dandenong Ranges. Um, if you visit the nursery, you'll receive 10 to 20% off all potted stock, um, featuring some fabulous woodland plants like perimulas, dicentra, pliony, and many more. Uh, they've also got a wide range of uh, sun-loving uh, rarities, uh, such as sandersonias, gladiolus, uh, and many, many more. Now, they're in the middle of the Dandenong Ranges National Park. GPS doesn't often work there, so they're a little bit tricky to find. If you use your Melway reference, go to 120C12, um, and if you're using Google Maps, type in Olinda Creek Road and Road 14 Calorama. Now, the actual address of Tonkins is 375 Olinda Creek Road, Calorama, and their phone number 0417 that's 0417-525-371. Now, coming up uh, next Sunday, the 10th of November, there'll be another themed guided walk down at uh, Geelong Botanic Gardens. This one's entitled A Spice-Filled Journey Around the Gardens. And this will be looking at spices and herbs that have been used from earliest recorded history Um, as aids to the health and well-being of humans. And uh, since they were easy to collect and prepare, every household household had at hand simple remedies for illness. Um, So they'll be looking at uh, ways to uh, uh, add these into diets, to use them for dyes, for cloth, and aids for crop sowing. So uh, um, this walk, as I say, will be featuring many, many of these herbs and spices that are growing down at Dandenong uh, Botanic Gardens. Not Dandenong, what am I saying? Geelong, Geelong Botanic yeah. Gardens. So, uh, as I said, it's next Sunday, 
2 o'clock start. You meet your guide at uh, Geelong Botanic Gardens front steps and entry is gold coin donation. Uh, also on today, Ringwood and Yarra Valley Orchid Societies have got their show. The venue is Keystone Hall Civic Square in Croydon there. Uh, times are 9 till 4. Entry is $5 for adults. Children under 16 are free. And uh, also on today, the Australian Pelagonium and Geranium Society have got their show. The venue is Belfield Community Centre, which is on the corner of Oriel Road and Banksia Street in Ivanhoe. Times are 9.30 this morning through till 4. Entry $5. Includes morning or afternoon tea and there'll be plants and cuttings for sale. Good free parking there. And if you'd like more information, you can contact Lorna 0404 941 462. Now, uh, coming up on the 7th of November, which is uh, next Thursday, there will be um, a special guest fee, uh, speaker for the Herb Society. And this, uh, their speaker is Judy Forrester from Otway Herbs. And her topic is the umbrella herbs. Uh, now, there'll be umbrella herbs and plants for sale. So Judy and Hubby Ken created Otway Herbs outside of Apollo Bay over 30 years ago, where they grow and sell a wide variety of herbs and specialise in plants for coastal gardens. Now, Judy's talk will focus on herbs and plants for under the canopies, and uh, hence they're called the umbrella herbs. Now, the, it will be held in room, uh, the main building, room 10, at uh, Burnley Horticultural College. Uh, the campus there is 500 Yarra Boulevard in Richmond. Melway's reference is 45A12. Um, parking inside the grounds is limited, so if possible, please park on Yarra Boulevard and walk in. Now, uh, Open Gardens Victoria have got two gardens opening uh, next weekend and uh, the first of these gardens is Moats Corner uh, now this will be a real treat um, it's located at Dramana uh, it was developed over the past 70 years it's a 6 acre country style garden with a modern twist the original garden features winding paths leading to an ornamental lake and various garden rooms including more than 400 roses that will be stunning um, the newly built award-winning residence floats above a contemporary succulent and cacti garden created by Colin Hyatt. Uh, and so there's plenty uh, to explore there over the uh, six uh, acres. Sounds spectacular, my it, goodness gracious. It is very spectacular. And the other garden that will be opening, which uh, is nearby, is La Ossienne, which is a tranquil seaside garden gem nestled in the sand dunes of Rye. Now, this garden has strong echoes of the local coastline with twisted trunks of local moona and beachy plantings lining sandy paths to relaxed outdoor seating. Uh, marine artefacts and old pier timbles, timbers lend a sense of age and authenticity to the coastal garden. Um, now, refreshments will be available at both gardens, uh, so they're only a 30-minute drive from each other. And uh, <clears throat> as usual, we've been very lucky to be given one free double pass to each of these gardens. So uh, the first two listeners who'd like to uh, 
phone in can have uh, one free double pass posted to them either to Moats Corner or to La Ossienne. Now, we'll give out the, uh, the details of the gardens. Moats Corner is at 415 White Hill Road in Dramana. Uh, open, as I said, next weekend, 10 till 4.30 on both days. Entry is $10. Children under 18 free, and there will be a f- refreshments available there. La Ossienne is at 18 Chenier Street. That's spelled C-H-E-N-I-E-R. Chenier Street in Rye. Again, next weekend, 10 till 4.30. Entry is $8 for that one. Children under 18 free. And there'll be a coffee van and plants for sale at that one. So uh, a wonderful opportunity to go and have a look at at one of these um, very special gardens. And get in before Doug steals the ticket. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's not allowed. (laughs) Okay. I might leave it at that for the moment. If we get time, I do have a few more to, uh, to mention a bit later on in the program. But it's um, high time we do invite our listeners to join us. If you have a gardening question this morning, we have A.B. Bishop uh, in the studio and also Graham Morrison. So if you have any fruit tree queries or edibles or if you have any queries about Australian native plants, um, this morning is the time to ring us up with those uh, queries. The number is 94190155. You were at work yesterday. Did you get drowned, A.B.? Oh, my goodness, Pam. It did not stop raining the entire day, yes. which, which was kind of good. Uh, of course, because we all love the rain, and it, it, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't one of those days where we, you kind of get downpour for three and a half minutes and then sun and then downpour, so you can kind of dash out of cover. It was just raining all day. It was relentless. It, it was relentless, and usually, you know, when it's the colder months and rainy like that, you don't see anyone. But yesterday, it's obviously, everyone's like in planting mode, so they were all still coming out in droves, which was really good. But, um, I've uh, I've covered myself in wet weather gear and I now wear um, uh, sort of rock climbing um, waterproof shoes which are open and so my feet get wet because I've discovered that when it's warm I don't mind having wet feet when I'm outside but I hate having wet shoes. Oh yeah. So, um, but it really was lovely and honestly anyone who hasn't been to Karanga and is interested in, you know, maybe starting to explore with native plants and, and things maybe the range isn't so big it's just it's going off at the moment it's so colorful it looks like you've fallen into a rainbow it's just color everywhere and it 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 really is a beautiful place to come and visit oh it's it's so beautifully set out too you can just happily wander for hours out there yeah Yeah. it really is excellent and come with an empty tummy because that cafe oh my goodness those cakes are just ridiculous (laughs) so no it is it's a beautiful place to work and um, everyone there is a uh, qualified horticulturalist and one of our favourite things to do is to spend a lot of time with customers yeah. talking through designs and yeah. what they want from the garden and you, uh, some people come in and they've done a lot of research and which is fantastic and other people come in and they go oh I've got a gift voucher, I've got this type of spot in my garden what, nice. what can I put in and the thing is there's always so many choices yes. it, it's not like you, you know you could give me any type of environment you wanted and really I mean a plant grows anywhere doesn't it so even if you're not planting indigenous to that environment or endemic to that environment there is 
so many things that are going to grow there. And, uh, I mean, I know I really am a, um, a, a drag my soapbox along behind me in terms of natives, but they play such an important role, um, ecological role, in our gardens. And, you know, researchers have found that um, um, native birds, for instance, that nest in... Um, tr- endemic trees will yeah. have more young than those that yeah. nest in non-endemic yeah, trees yeah, and exotic yeah, trees. So it's even, you know, yeah, those yeah, really yeah, yeah, little things. things. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we know some specific yeah. relationships um, um, that animals have, like, for example, the Eltham copper butterfly. Mm. And, um, oh, and I went to one of the uh, Eltham copper butterfly larvae counts. Oh, did you? Yeah, so it's, it's um, so the Eltham copper butterfly, it's one of the sort of more endangered species of butterfly. And it's one of the, um, what they call the, the, in the blues category of butterflies. There's five different uh, sorts of groups of butterflies, and the blues are one of them. And in that uh, family, um, they often have a close associations with ants, oh, and really. ants look after the larvae, oh, and uh, it, yeah, it, it's yeah, quite yeah. incredible this Amazing. ecology. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so there's various um, parks around Altham, as you would know, Pam, that yes. um, grow or where this, there's remnant bushland essentially, and there's a plant called sweet bassaria, which is uh, Bassaria spinosa, and delightful plant. Like it will be covered in a mass of creamy beautifully scented flowers really high in nectar so the nectar feeding insects and birds will come in for it Uh, very prickly so terrific um, plant to use if you want to um, attract the small nesting birds and if you want a, a hedge to keep out intruders it's super duper prickly and the larvae feed, the larvae of the Eltham copper butterfly feed solely on um, the new growth of the Bessaria spinosa. Mm. And they live in um, the ant colony tunnels at the base of these plants. And every night the ants um, ferry these tiny little larvae, which are about oh, a centimetre and a half long, and they ferry them up the branches to feed and then come daylight they head back down which and so you, know, you kind of think oh well, what what benefit do the ants get out of it they're protecting these uh, little critters and the larvae of this and um, other species of this type of butterfly they exude what we call honeydew which uh, is essentially when yeah, they're eating it's that high yeah, carbohydrate it's yeah, really sweet yeah, yes. and the ants love it so they protect these little critters from intrude from you know um, anything that might prey on them and simply to get this honeydew from them and to the point where they actually uh, stroke them the ants will stroke the caterpillars to make them feel good so that they exude more of this honeydew. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic. So there's these various little parcels of land around Altham where they're protecting them. And they have a count of the larvae every year, and it's um, run in conjunction with the Nilimbic Council and uh, John Harris, I think it is, from Wildlife Experiences. And uh, so um, people can register to come along for a count, and um, you turn up and you'll stand on a corner as the sun's setting and it's getting darker and darker, and the locals are driving past and thinking, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> what, what are all these people doing with head torches and <laughs> everything? And then um, you get taken into these uh, small um, 
pockets of land which are extremely dense and the, as I say they're remnant bushland so you see everything that's endemic and you see the plant communities which I think is really valuable because when you're trying to create your own habitat garden uh, you get to see what plants grow with other plants and the placement of them and it's even from that point of view it's fantastically interesting mm. so we all sort of wandered in and there was about 15 in our group and all wandered in with uh, torches at the ready and, and by that time we'd all been um, eaten to death by mozzies and um, it was all, all rather wonderful and uh, you don't expect, I, I wasn't really expecting to see anything and then all of a sudden you get an eye for it and you start seeing, well actually you see the ants first because the ants are moving constantly and they're going up and down the branches yes. so it's the movement that catches your eye and then you sort of focus where they're going and you see this gorgeous little sort of creamy white caterpillar and you can't shine your torch on them for too long because they will literally start do a U-turn and start heading back down thinking, oh, look, the sun's daytime. come up. Yeah, yeah, it's daytime. So you, you shine your light on it, you see how many are on the bush um, and you take a record of it. So it's all, yeah, very sort of... Um, um, well recorded, um, all the bushes are tagged whenever you see that, whenever you see them and you record how many there are and there's a, a GPS reading taken so that, you know, for future reference we know exactly where the bush is. And, I mean, we counted hundreds that night, yeah. which was, it really was wonderful. And not only that, you see all the other critters that are going about their nightly business. Sure. Of which, course. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's a real symbi- symbiotic symbi- re- re- yes. relationship where the butterfly needs the, the ants and the ants need the butterfly. And so many of those... You know, relationships, one depends on the other, doesn't it? And there's, there's uh, you know, and again, they're depending on that, 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 that tree. I was reading a book the other day where they're saying that, you know, the diversity is so important in our bushlands, our forests. If, if, if one thing is becomes extinct, which, you know, unfortunately throughout our world, there's, there's you know, probably one plant becoming extinct every week or some ridiculous thing. Well, a million plants and animals are under threat. A million different species of plants and animals are on the, on the brink of extinction. And you get this domino effect. If, if one little section of that dies out, then, you know, the whole thing is upset. The, 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 the the chain of dependence on one on the other. You know, oh, that, that's yeah. so true. And a really fantastic example of that is also, it's another butterfly. It's the bull oak jewel butterfly, okay. which yeah. is found yeah. Um, yeah. in a tiny little pocket in southeast Queensland, just um, into yeah. the Queensland uh, over the New South Wales border. And um, so the, the bull oak is the Alocasturina lumanii, and the larvae of the bull oak jewel butterfly feed solely on the new growth of this and they are also protected by a particular species of ant and not only that it's the most mind-boggling story not only that the ants and the and the larvae live in 
holes that have been bored into the Alacasurina by a particular species of moth. <laughs> so when the moth larvae yeah, has uh, has yeah. um, exited as a moth rather yeah, than yeah, a caterpillar, they leave behind yeah, a hole. Home. Yeah, right. so, and there's all these different reasons why they're, I mean, they're rare because they're just in this one very small locality, so they're automatically rare. They were discovered in the, in the late 60s and they were straight away declared rare and endangered. Yeah. And they're endangered because of all these things. And then not only that, so ants also live in nearby trees, there's an Angophora castata um, that they live in as well. But to get from the other trees to the Alacasurinas, they don't like touching the ground. So they walk along um, um, uh, leaf litter and twigs and sticks, those sorts of things. So you can see straight away how people, you know, if they're collecting firewood, they they break that chain between the different trees and all of a sudden the ants can't get to these critters to help them. So it's, you know, those little ecological links. Oh, there is, and it, you know, where, where we live and sort of around the kangaroo ground area, you're forever seeing people tidying up. And obviously, you know, we've got to tidy up around the houses, but they do it to such an extent, you know, like 100 metres from the house, they'll be cleaning up all the leaflet, and I'm thinking, oh, how many ecological chains are you breaking here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. you just, because we don't know. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, that awareness around it. Yeah, that's right. That needs to be done just in my... Uh, uh, world, world of fruit, fruit trees. Of course, we've got a- 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 aphids, and again, the ants uh, have the reputation of taking those aphids yes. down into yeah. their burrow, <laughs> exactly. mil- 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 milking them like a cow for their honeydew. Yeah. Yeah. T- take them and p- put them back again. So I think, uh, yeah. th- thanks a lot for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we must get to our first caller. We have uh, Thelma, who's down in Leangatha. Good morning, Thelma. Oh, good morning, panel. I'm so glad Graham's there. Oh, thanks, Thelma. That's good. Hey, what about me, Thelma? I, 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 I get down a bit sometimes. You give me, give me my heart. Husband, <laughs> my husband has a drama with his one apple tree that we can't get rid of, the woolly aphid. He's got all these mm. apple trees growing, but this particular one, it seems to be covered in mm. it all the time. Some are more prone than others. That's right. Just, just, just the one tree there, Thelma? It is really... The, yeah. Oh, well, after it, you know, if it gets taking on, it, it'll spread to the ones next door to it. Yeah. Uh, like he's put neem oil on it, and he's worried that if he puts neem oil on now that it's flowered, is that going to do any more damage, or is there anything other than that that he can use, Graham? Yeah, we used to have the same trouble. We grew a lot of uh, a- a- apples in the old orchard days at, at home, and particularly uh, with, uh, with, I think, the, uh, the stock that they were grown on must have been more, uh, you know, conducive to the to the uh, spread, spread of it than the, than the, the, the top and some particular st- stocks that we had on they seemed to be, you, know, you got a little sucker so I think it was always loaded and they were indeed un, 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 underneath the, the ground yep. quite a bit yep. there we have but, heard uh, that from that heritage yeah. man at Curranborough did say that one yeah, day um, but sure, sure. But you know, how, how did you use we, oh, we used to put, put on a chemical it's probably you wouldn't want to use these days no probably not but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think the only the other thing is to you know it's a confounded nuisance when we if we had it when we were picking the fruit and stuff uh, the actual woolly aphis it's got a red uh, uh, 
uh, chemical energy. Yeah, yeah, chem- yeah. chemical inside, like like part of its uh, its uh, blood 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 blood, st- blood bloodstream, and it, it would stain your clothes, and mm. yep. you get into trouble with mum when we came home and with covered with our stained clothes. But uh, you know, I suppose. The other thing to do with, uh, you know, secateurs or even, I don't know whether I'm on the right track there, but if you get some methylated spirits and, or on a bit of cloth and, and, and dab those areas, you know, it sounds like you've got a big tree, it's a fair bit, but if you, you know, Oh well, that's not too bad. Yeah. 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 But even if you, you know, don't draw, do it in one hat, it sounds a Bit of a, a chore to go through, but yeah, if, you, if yeah. you actually physically dab each of those ones, you know, spend half an hour on it, sort of thing, and you might be surprised you, you know, you, you can control it that way, Thelma. But so it's just sort of maybe yeah. metho on a rag and rub yep. it up. Yep, yep, okay. Yep, 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 sure. Right, okay, I well, think. I shall tell him to do that. The yeah. other reason uh, for ringing is. The RSL um, Rose is our feature rose at the Rose Show uh, on Friday and Saturday at Lee and Gatha Hall. Right. And this, this year, because it's the centennial year of Lee and Gatha RSL, that is why we have chosen the RSL as our feature rose. Oh, great. Yeah, and Currenborough have kindly donated four beautiful bushes, that bush roses, that will be given to... Four lucky entrants. So, like, yeah, people yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, they don't pay to enter a rose. So, like, anybody, any child or adult can put in a, an entrant and they will go into a drawer for one of these four roses. So, that was frightfully kind of Currumborough RSL. <laughs> yeah, 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 very good. Yeah, yeah. R- roses this time of the year, they're just oh. bursting out. They're looking so good at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got yeah. a collection of Alistair Clark roses, and at the moment I think he'd be looking down thinking, Thelma, you've done me proud. <laughs> there you go, very good. <laughs> I will, while, while you're mentioning it, uh, Thelma, I will give yes. out the, uh, the details for the uh, Leanne Gather Rose Show. Uh, yes. The venue is the Memorial Hall at Leanne Gather. Um, the time's Friday, 12 noon through till 5, Saturday, 9 a.m. through to 4 p.m., Entry is $5. Children are free. And uh, if you'd like more information, you can contact uh, Josie. And her number is 5657-3292. So it, it's always a very spectacular show it down is, there, isn't it? Is. It is. And we have Graham Sargent comes down and he's wowed by it. And yeah. John Bird's work. And he, uh, he comes and he yells at me. What rose have you got misnamed this time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay, thank you for your time. And, and Graham will say thank you, Graham, for the, that little bit of help. Oh, I'll put good it on, on you. Okay. right now. Okay, <laughs> okay good. good on you. Bye-bye. Bye. It's interesting, the, uh, the Willie Aford has got yeah. that red colouring as well because that, yes, the, it's the right. cochineal, the, cochineal, yeah, that's, right. that's it's, derived it's from a the scale lot, lot, lot insect like that and stuff. that's yeah, the, that's the true, red dye. Yeah, 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 so there's probably right. a lot out it's, there. It certainly is a dye. It stays put when you get in your clothes. It does, clothes yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. I should mention that the uh, Moats Corner Garden uh, free double pass has gone but we do still have one free double pass available to go to La Océane Open Garden. This is the uh, one at 18 Chenier Street in Rye. Next weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, 10 through till 4.30.
and uh, this is uh, this garden is all about uh, the coast and uh, blending in with the coast. So it would be very interesting to to go and have a look at that one. So if you'd like to ring in on nine four one nine. Zero one double five. One lucky person can have that uh, free double pass posted out to them. Now we also had a caller, Graham, ring in, um, mm-hmm. wanting to know about controlling brown rot on a locust yes. tree. Yeah, on a locust tree. Locust. Yeah, can yes. Yeah, that's a bit interesting. We never really had. Uh, well, I've got a locust tree at home, and my brother's got a big locust tree, but I. Uh, brown rot, you know, brown rot in the stone fruit industry, like peaches and nec- nec- nectarines, plum plums to a certain extent, is a is a, a, a very big big problem. But in uh, locusts, I, I I haven't come across that one to tell you the truth. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, with with peaches and nectarines. Uh, sanitation is so important, you know, uh, that the spread from one year to the other is through what we call mum- mummies. Some, some of the fruit that uh, is not ha- harvested, it is brown rot affected. And that, that stays on the, the street, clings on there, and it, it's an overhang for the next, next year. The yep. spores come from that one. So, yeah, so you really need to very, take all of very, that off the yeah, tree. Yeah, exactly. And pick up any fallen fruit. Exactly. That, yep. that, that's the other way as well, for, 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 for sure. Yep. I don't know about, you know, with all these fungus uh, uh, problems, if there's air f- flow through the whole show, it's less likely to occur. That's right, Sometimes so maybe opening up the branches. Open up the tree, the, yeah. the, 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 the tree a bit. But they uh, can be quite dense, yeah. can't they? The yes, they can. Yes, they can. True. And yeah, especially when they're laden with fruit, which yeah. they are at the moment. Certainly are. But no, I haven't experienced that one in the tree. The birds are always a worry, of course. Of course. Mm. <laughs> and that, they, have to, they have to feed on something. I don't mind sharing. Yeah, no, I do not mind sharing. That's true. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These days, the other way to go is to put a net about over one limb, you know, so save yourself a few sort of thing at least. Yes, if exactly. If they're taking more than their share. Yeah, well, yeah. I use those mesh sleeves. Oh I find God, them yeah, really good, useful. Good, 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 and they keep, they yeah. generally yeah. keep the rats out yeah, as well, which is half the problem. See them advertised. I've never used those. Yeah. They're really good. You can put them on when the fruit's small and they're they're, um, open at both ends, so you just slide them over the branch and you can fit a few different fruit. And there's different sizes that you can get. I'll I'll give that a go. Yeah, I've experimented. I used the, uh, the, you can get sort of little white paper packets as well that have got a bit of wire attached to them and you fold them over the individual fruit. But that was a little little bit time-consuming, whereas the sleeve just goes over quite a few different fruit at once. So the birds can't peck through the mesh? No, they can't. It's it's really fun. It's like um, it's like fly wire screen, oh, right. essentially. Yes. And do you know what? They've lasted for years and years oh, and years, and they've been, they're out in the sun. It's important. It yeah, is important. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. the um, twine that they use for the ends, you, you think after a while it would disintegrate or you wouldn't yeah. be able to undo it, but it has just lasted. They're, they're really terrific okay yeah very useful where did you get them from uh i got them online um from uh there's what's it called green Green harvest Green Harvest. yeah Yeah. i got
got them from Green Harvest. Okay. Yeah, so they got they've got different sizes. And, yeah, they're um, very for, good there. For me, yeah, yeah, excellent. That's, yeah. that's good. I'm trying a new technique with my peach tree. I'm not not okay. spraying for the uh, the no. curly leaf. No, okay. Just pulling off the yeah. uh, the leaves, and then I've, what I've noticed is the new ones coming through aren't affected. That's right. Are you sure that so that, 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 that first burst of leaves that seem to succumb to the curly leaf, and yeah. then the, the next uh, batch that comes the, out. The next for, batch are fine. I don't, don't know why that is, it's but that, uh, how, how it is. Yeah. I'm, so I'm hoping that over over the years it's going to break yeah. that cycle of, of having them in the garden because I don't really like spraying for it because it drips on the ground and then you disturb the, the soil fungi. Sure, sure, and yep. sure. So trying to do it, use as least amount of sprays as possible. Yeah, too um, and, and I mean, we're still getting heaps of fruit. So it's yeah. not like it's the the curly leaf affects the yeah. affects so the fruit. We're at writing all. here in Pam, I think fr- Francis out- outlawed in- insecticides or pesticides all, all up. Good. You know that's a big a big you know stand, isn't it? It is you know, a big stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Not not that yeah. there's many insects left to kill anyway. Well, yeah. I presume this is yeah. I presume their, their main concern yeah. is is bees, the bee population. Yeah, well, that's another thing, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. sure. That, that Talking of bees, endangered. this hot weather yeah. in Eltham, they've been oh, several bees. Warming, yes. Warming, yes. Yes. Warming yeah. at work as well. Yeah. 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 Terrific. Yeah. 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 So um, just keep yeah. a, a look out for that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. keep a uh, bee expert uh, phone yeah. number handy, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. 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 It's an incredible yeah. phenomenon to watch, isn't it? And oh, well, you usually hear yeah. it first. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm being followed by something making a strange noise. Yeah. And then, yeah, you see them. Yeah. And, uh, get, I mean, getting back to our old orchard days. Uh, I think some of the uh, city dwellers would think we were cr- cr- crazy, but you'd, you'd, in, in our orchard we wanted them. We had a number of hives, and we, we'd want the swarm to s- settle uh, as as, uh, as they would do. And this great swarm of bees would go through, and we, we, we'd get t- t- tins with the sticks out and bel- belt the hell out of the tins and make so much noise that the theory was that the the, the, the swarm of bees could, couldn't hear the queen. The, 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 oh. the, the, the Sound thing there, following there, sort of thing. So she says it settles on a limb, and you've got the swarm there to, to put in the box, and you know, there, 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 there you go. Did it work? <laughs> oh, I think it did. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, AB, you've brought in some plants. I have. Let's have a chat about. Them. I have. Okay, so I want to start with. One plant that at, I haven't grown it myself, but at work, it is the one plant that year round, um, whether it's in flower or not in flower, um, people are absolutely entranced oh, by yeah. and they're attracted to and they're like, what is that plant? So is it a pimelia? It is a pimelia. Yeah, so okay, it's the pimelia nivea. Oh, really? um, which is the snowy pamelia, yeah, and um, yeah. So I mean, pamelias. I mean, when you think of pamelia, I mean, yeah. there's so many different um, yeah, sorts of pamelias, so. yeah. and but this particular one is a Tasmanian one. Um, pamelias, they come from all over, um, all over Australia. They mm-hmm. tend to like sort of acidic sort of uh, soil or, or depending on what they are yes. but one of the more popular ones I suppose is the, the Quallop Bell the yeah, Pamelia Phycodes yeah so that's, yeah, that's yeah. one of the and if you looked at that and then looked at this you just would not think they were related no not at um, all because the, the uh, Quallop Bell has got those really large mm. uh, sort of florally oh, bracts yeah. yeah. which yeah. Is, is stunning it's but yeah so I mean they're known as the rice flowers um, essentially I think because they're, they're 
seeds tend to look a little uh, rice-like when they actually set seed. Um, But this particular one, it's a Tasmanian one. Um, gets about one and a half, maybe two metres tall. Mm. And its feature, I suppose, it's got quite long stems and they're... um, Quite, they're almost fluffy, so they they're, they're grey yeah, and they're fluffy. Yeah. And then another feature of the camellias is they have opposite leaves. That's one one way of, yes, of distinguishing yeah. them. Okay. So yeah, it doesn't yeah. doesn't matter what they are. And these particular ones are um, that they, they don't have any stem, so they're sessile. The um, the leaves they're tiny. They're probably about mm, maybe three quarters of a centimetre and they're round and extremely glossy dark green on the top and then white and again furry underneath and they are one of just one of the most striking plants um, in in the Daphne family, the Pamelias. Okay. Yes, which so you can see that resemblance yes, of the flowers, can't you? Yes, you can. But yeah. I mean, and their arching branches are rather attractive the, too. They're just the way they they come out and fall. All yeah, the, absolutely. Like and lovely. so I mean, it's it's such a beautiful shrub. And as I say, people come in the nursery and they're like. What is that plant at any time of the year? And in a way, it almost looks like it's always in flower, um, because because of the, the just the way that the leaves are on the on the terminal branches, but um, which is where the flowers are now. So they're small clusters of um, terminal flowers, really high in nectar, so great for great for the insects, which is terrific. And um, but I mean, a, a really I suppose. Um, Fantastic in in sun or or semi shade. Um, they do probably prefer um, like either early morning or late afternoon sun rather than that full on sun in midday in a, in a north facing garden. Um, but yeah, really. Um, I mean, overall, Pamelia is such a beautiful group of plants, and um, they come from all over Australia. But this particular one, Pamelia nivea, or the uh, the Snowy pamelia. I always want to call it showy pamelia because it's yeah, but it's snowy. Um, Yeah, that that's probably one of the more spectacular ones. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, we need to go to um, a call. Um, Online we have uh, Matt Chester, and Matt is the uh, Ripponley Estate uh, Property Supervisor. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Pam. And you wanted to have a chat this morning briefly because you have a very special exhibition on at Ripon Lee at the moment. Yes, we do. That's right. Tell us we all about the, it. Uh, yeah, we have uh, the uh, paper sculpture exhibition currently uh, being exhibited at Ripon Lee Estate uh, in, the, um, in the hallway and in the drawing room in the mansion. And uh, that works uh, by an artist called Ray Bezidon who um, works uh, with paper and he's created some really beautiful uh, paper sculptures uh, that have been inspired by some uh, important gardens around Melbourne. So is it, is it um, can you describe one of these sculptures a bit more? Is it, more, is it like Ikebana, like your Japanese paper folding, or are they, they cut and, uh, you know, how, how does he do these? Yeah, look, they are a little bit hard to describe, I guess. Um, the works are quite large, um, There's quite a lot of, well, there's a tremendous amount of work to them. They're um, made, a lot of the work he's uh, created is with um, uh, the pulp of the mulberry leaf, 
All right. um, which actually, uh, interesting enough, has the significance to the wallpaper in Ripponlee, um, which is made in a similar method um, in Japan 150 years ago. But these works um, are scenes, you'll, you'll see uh, examples of some insects that have been made of paper, um, the botanical gardens in Melbourne, Cranbourne Gardens, and, um, of course, some inspiration came from the gardens at Ripponlee as well. Mm. So how long is the exhibition running through until, Matt? We're going to keep running the exhibition probably um, up until through December sometime. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, so we're open obviously seven days a week and um, the exhibition is just part of the entry when you pay to come in and um, hop on uh, one of our tours with one of our volunteer guides and you'll get to go into the mansion that exhibition and of course um, you'll get to see the rest of the uh, interior of the mansion as well great okay so it's it's set up what in the ballroom or uh, we've put this exhibition in the drawing room so it's quite a contemporary um, group of work that's uh, marrying up very nicely in the very traditional uh, dining room a uh, drawing room sorry which is uh, one of the rooms that well it's the the very formal room of uh, the mansion where you'd be received once upon a time to, to meet the family after you'd maybe had a long trip somewhere and you were received there and formalities were, were taking place and then you'd go and relax maybe in the sitting room. Mm. And I bet the gardens down at Ripponlea are looking absolutely stunning at the moment. They're looking lovely, Pam, yes. Um, and they certainly would be looking even better after we just had that nice mm. um, bit of rain after the hot wind through the week. Yes. Um, and we had our uh, Botanica um, uh, uh, Festival um, a few Sundays ago. I'd like to say thank you very much, Pam, for mentioning that on radio um, as many times as you did, and that went very well, and the garden was looking fabulous. At that Excellent. Time. That's great. Now, just remind listeners, what are your um, opening hours, Matt, down there at Ribbonley? Ten to five, uh, seven days a week. Fantastic. Okay, and as you mentioned, this exhibition is running through until... Uh, until sometime in December, so um, get on down right. and have a look. Yeah, That's right, we haven't, we haven't quite put an end date on it, but okay. um, yeah, sometimes we send it, all works are for sale as well, and proceeds go, part of the proceeds go to, um, to the National Trust of Victoria. Fantastic. Okay, well, thanks for telling us all about it, Matt. Thanks for having me on, Pam. Okay, bye. Bye now. And uh, that number, if you'd like to join us this morning, we have A.B. Bishop and Graham Morrison in the studio. We'd love to hear from you, 94190155. We're running through until 9.15, our usual time slot. So do give us a call, 94190155. Graham, let's chat about the fruit <coughs> you've brought in. And, and we, I'll, I'll just remind listeners that if you go to our Facebook page, um, you've got uh, photos up there showing you... Uh, these uh, particular fruit that Graham has brought in. Or Instagram. Or Instagram, yep. yes. Or Instagram, good point. Is, is that right? Yes. It's uh, amazing my age getting into this, 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 this uh, <laughs> high, high tech stuff. I'm, yeah, a lot of it goes over my head, but we actually got, got the photos out. You got there the photos up, so well yeah, done. There, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, one of the photos I had just to show the diversity of uh, the, the citrus uh, family. I had a Bengal citron, which, you know, that uh, one can get up like a pomelo or a shaddock to the size of a, a football. I've got this as a, a medium-sized one if it's grown well and just a, a, a few on the, on, on the tree, a massive one with the yellow uh, uh, 
uh, colouring. Then I've got a, a, a several, a several orange. I was going to talk a bit about those today, if I could, Pam. Mm. It's a, 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 a such, such a bright orange, or, orange colour that one, and of course used in the uh, ma- 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 marmalade, marmalade trade. Yes. And then go to the other extreme, the, the little baby nagami kumquats there. Uh, all got their place in citrus, and you know I, I talk to people they bowl these days and uh, tell them this uh, about citrus. Oh, yeah, I thought there was about four citruses. <laughs> you know, in, in, indeed, I've got tw- 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 twenty-eight in my own garden. Right. Did, did, did different varieties. Yes. I, I, I cheat a bit. Of also on the on, on the web page there, I've got a, a photo of my citrus tree there. I'm very proud. I've got eight, eight different varieties of citrus on the one, one on the one tree. Fantastic. When I was up at Hawkesbury Agriculture College where I used to be do some lecturing up there for four years. We went up to Summersby Horticulture Research Station and they had something like 300 different varieties of cit- citrus in their station there. Wow. You know, it was a, a, an arboretum of, of citrus. So, you know, it's, it's like so many things, isn't it? You, you think, you know, until you get into the, in, into the field sort of thing, you, you don't realise how broad it is yep. and how, where, where, where it goes to. I think uh, citrus are uh, they 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 hybridise quite quite well. So through the ages, you get so many diff- di- 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 different uh, you know varieties c- c- coming through. But the uh, uh, just before we get, get into this, this Nagami kumquat. Most people grow the the round kumquat, where this uh, this one is more of an oval shape, like a. Uh, uh, <coughs> foot, football shape, if you like. I'm talking about football too much today. <laughs> uh, and uh, they, 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 I, I eat them skid and all. Where, are you going to have a go, Pam? I'll have a go, yeah. yes. Oh, thanks, Graham. Yeah. Do they have pips, Graham? Yeah, they do have pips. I think they have some pips. In. But mm, much oh, sweeter than you'd imagine. Mm. <laughs> the skin is incredibly mm. sweet. There must be good, good, good radio here. But the the skin sort of comp- complements the, the actual taste. It does. I, I, I don't mind that. But a, uh, <coughs> a tree that's loaded at the moment, and go go by and, and take a couple of those and cr- cr- crunch away. It's very good. But uh, back to my, my, my main one, the, the uh, several orange. Also called the bitter orange or sour orange, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Spain has been the place where it's been so so, so pop, pop, popular. I think the Moors or the Arabs brought, 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 brought it into that into Spain, Granada, Seville, Valencia. Uh, in Spain, they, they we were in, in there when they were fruiting in their in their summertime uh, on a tour a couple of years ago, and they they uh, boasted they've got fourteen thousand street trees, street trees, and all like oh, we, we, we we would plant our maluka or whatever along the the, the street trees. They have these and they they trim them. Uh, you go up about two to two, 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 two and a half metres where there's no no, no 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 limbs at all, and then look them up top of you like the oh, yes. the, 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 the foliage is, uh, is, is up the top, and loaded there, and there's uh, falling off the tree, and nobody seemed to want to eat them. The street cleaner would come along and mop mop them all up because they were too sour and too too bitter. Maybe. I, uh, judging them a bit, but too lazy to make uh, make the delicious marmalade. Probably got plenty of it. Getting into that—that's true. But uh, 
but they, I think there's about 40,000 uh, trees, they say, in uh, the biggest uh, plantation of several bitter oranges in, in, in the world. And most, most of the produce goes to England, right. where, where, where they make, make them into marmalade, mm, of course. Yeah, mm. uh, the, the pectin in the skin is even very good, and my, my old mum used to use, use those when she's make, make, making marmalade as well. But uh, I think if you're in the upper class in England, you you, you have uh, marmalade, several marmalade on on toast, and drink your Earl Grey tea too. <laughs> sort of all, 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 all go, 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 stand well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, it's got a little bit of a. <clears throat> You speak of Earl Grey tea, and the, the uh, Earl Grey tea has got bergamot in there. And indeed, uh, the Seville orange is one of the parents of bergamot. Is it really? The little links in a bit. Wow, yeah, of course. But you smell the got a little bit of smell the fruit itself. You got a slight smell. I didn't pick it up all that well. Yeah. Oh no, that's But again, you know, you look at this tree, and if they look at the photo on Instagram, there. Uh, it's a bright orange and with a lovely green uh, gloss, g- g- glossy foliage. It's a very attract- attractive tree to, lo- mm. to, 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 to look at, really. And, of course, you've got the benefit of the, the perfume. In, uh, uh, they say in uh, the streets of Seville, when you're in, in there, it's just loaded with perfume, you know, they're all, oh, all, all when, when all, all the trees are out in flower, it's almost yes. in, intoxicating, you know, it's just, 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 just it's good, gorgeous time. I think, uh, what's the time they say there? I did uh, write that one, 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 one down, it's escaping me at the moment, but I think it's, uh, uh, it was late February, March, in just uh, in, just into April, that that time of the year, the fl- okay. flowers are out in in several. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey Graham, do you grow the Cara Cara orange? Yeah. Now, <coughs> when I was up at Hawkesbury Agricultural College, we, we we had that one there. I can't remember too much about that to tell you to, to, to tell you the truth, but now that's another no, that's another one. It's, yeah. a, it's quite yeah. a thick yeah. fleshed one. Okay. It's, it's yes. my favourite orange. this time of year when yeah. they're usually oh. out and about, yeah, you see that, them. That's that's it's, sure. it's extremely yeah. sweet, but you can't oh. seem to buy them uh, the trees. The trees, no, that, that, so that, very that, hard. That, that, they that, must protect them. Might have to pop up to Graham's. I haven't had a go at that. I've got quite a few oranges. Of course, the Washington. Naval and Valencia. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. the best one for Melbourne? A nice sweet one, not, well, a, not a yucky yeah. one to make marmalade out of. <laughs> okay. No, honestly, my grandmother, in, well, I grew up in South Africa, my grandmother used to feed my sister and I spoonfuls of marmalade for some bizarre reason, and neither of us have, can absolutely no, face it now. It's like when you get too drunk on gin or something when you're a, when you're a no, teenager, no, you can't right. face it for the yeah, rest of your yeah, life. <laughs> so what's a nice orange for Melbourne? <laughs> yeah, well, I oh, think if you, if you get a Washington navel, mm-hmm. a Lang navel is probably even a little bit sweeter and a bit thinner in the skin, L-E-N-G. Yep. 
but uh, it, if you can ensure that it's grafted onto trifoliata stock, mm-hmm. uh, the citronella stock, stock or rough lemon that we, we use, then they're, they're not as sweet. Like I mentioned before in this program, pa- yes. pa- Pam, the, the, the fact factories that when I was up at Hawkesbury Agriculture, there was a lot of oranges grown there. And in years when there was a bit of a glut, glut that factories wouldn't take the oranges that were, gra- that were grafted onto citronella. They, they, they said we only want those that are on trifoliata because they, they knew they're, 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 they're sweeter. So mm-hmm. sometimes the stock plays a part in the, in, in, yes. in, in, in the top, which is a bit, yeah. bit in, 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 interesting. But... Uh, uh, Citrange is another one, another stock that you can put them on. You get reasonable fruit, but these they grow at home are on a trifoliata stock, and yeah. they they really are sweet. Yeah, take, fantastic. Take, take a few few few, few, few bowls, and they they, they 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 love the things. Right. Yeah. Okay, we must get to a couple of our callers. Uh, let me see. First up, we're going to Jill in Malvernese. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Pam. Hi, Graham. Hi, Abby. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Um, I've, got a, Jill, I've got a cranberry tree, very small, only planted recently. I think it's two years old, but it's grown quite tall. And I'm wondering, should I prune the top of it now that it's grown tall so that later on it has a canopy rather than going up to the skies and one can't harvest the cranberries? Okay. Cranberries? Yeah, we got on the right, the right track there. Cranberry. I was thinking cranberry was the, uh, you know, the the, the 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 prostrate one that grows along the ground. Oh, this is a tall one. Maybe it's a mulberry. I don't oh, know. Mulberry. Oh, mulberry. Ah, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yes, I, I think it's a, a, a the, the cranberry likes a moist condition. It's a, 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 a sprawling prostrate one. Uh, oh, you were just you trying know, to throw you Graham, know. weren't you, Jill? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's you on had, the ball, though. Yeah, He's onto it. You had me, had me, had me worried there for a bit. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I, I have a. Uh, they can ultimately get a big tree, as you, you've probably seen around the place, and uh, yeah. it's a ma- ma- matter of you know getting stuck into it. You know, not only in the winter time, but through the the, the summer time, keep it well pruned down, and you can certainly get away with that. I've got one, uh, we were talking about bird problem before, and I have a, a cage I've built with remnants of the nursery. It's a, a, a bird and possum proof cage, and I've got my mulberry in there. And uh, uh, I had hicks in there for starters, and I wasn't too satisfied with that. But black, black English is a real black one with beautiful flavour. Uh, it's got the disadvantage, it gets a bit of a spot in the, on, on the, in, in the leaves. But uh, I think uh, just with judicious pruning is the only way to go sort of thing. You know, you like, like to give it good nutrition and water so that you get good fruit, fruiting and stuff. But uh, that's about the... Well, it's, been planted, it's been planted well, you know, yes. with... Um uh, we're in sandy soil, but you yes, know it's yes. an area that's got composted and yes. put some of that black soil. You know yes. the the, the, oh, uh, the water grains in it and everything. So mm, yeah, it should, should be a good tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you think I should just take mm. off something off the top now or yes. not? 
Yes, I, I, I'd... It's only about half mm. a metre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But straight up. Yeah, I go half a metre. Yes, I would go, I'd take that. Sort of what, what branching have you got there? Is it sort of, you know, branching as well as the main lead or no, something? No, no, it's, it's, it's just like, straight up. Yeah, like a vase shape or is it... Or no, just, it's just... No, it's yeah. not even up to that. It's sort no, of like right. a, no, you've a got stem it, you, you've, and you've, you've got to ch- ch- chop it pretty drastically to get to, 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 to shoot out. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, I think I would take at least a third off the off the top of that, and uh, you know, to, That's to, what to, I was get, 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 get to some bra- bra- branching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you okay. you can do that. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, it'll be a beanstalk. It'll go up to the heavens, and you know, it's no, 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 not <laughs> well, so good for I'm you. Yeah. I'd have to get a double-story ladder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, good, 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 good fruit though. You know, where the, uh, our, our one's coming around Christmas, early, early New Year there, and uh, a, a, a good, uh, you know, at, uh, matured mulberry on the tree. It's some, something to eat. Oh, it's, yeah. it's really delicious. Yeah. Good, good well, luck. Good I'm luck. A, well, my husband's always worried about trees. You know, he's an ex-plumber, but oh. I'm 77. And I said, it'll only be a problem when we're gone. Exactly. <laughs> 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 okay, good on you, Jill. Thanks, Jill. Bye, Bye. Jill. Bye, Jill. And uh, next up, we're going to Anne in Warrigal. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. How are you all? We're well, thank we're you. Good, Anne. Yes, now I have a, um, uh, an espaliate snow apple. It's good. about seven years old. And it has about, I suppose, there about... Six branches going off the snow apple in, um, in both things. Yes. However, the, um, the upper four branches going to the left and the right of the trunk have absolutely no new growth whatsoever. And it's the new growth is only on the lowest branch to mm. the left and the right and a little bit on one of the second branches. And I'm wondering, mm. is it on its way out? Yeah, it just sounds a bit strange because usually with this spading that the, that the problem is that the top, you know, that gets away from you and it's hard to get those, you know, uh, side, side, side limbs to, 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 to continue and, and uh, be uh, uh, strong. So a little bit strange there. How's the, 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 the bark of the, the, the tree on the, on the trunk, the, 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 the butt of the tree that is not uh, peeling or cracked open or anything? No, it's not cracked open. But at the base, I notice there's quite a few, like, hairy outgrowths, like as if mm. some of the soil has come away from the actual below-the-grass. Type of things, you know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Some um, of the bark has come away, I think. Not the bark, no. the hairy, they're like hairier growth, like the soil has moved away. Oh, so yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, can't really think of that. It, it, it sounds just like the thriftiness of the tree is lacking for some reason or other, and I suppose the only other thing you look to is drain, d- drainage. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we had a, a cousin down in an apple orchard at Merricks and uh, he got some really, you know, uh, wet, uh, cold winter, winters where they were waterlogged too much and he had trouble. A lot of them, you know, became unthrifty because of the, the damage to the roots in the, in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. uh, the drainage would be okay, do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. 
So, and there's a Roma apple um, to, uh, two or three metres to the left, which is in the wetter position, yes. which is completely out in blossom. Yeah, yeah, there and you in go. fact, the blossom's nearly finished. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hmm. No, I haven't got any, 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 any real, I can't really think of anything that would be otherwise affecting the, the, the tree like that. And it's strange that the top is given out as opposed to the lower, the lower limbs. I suppose uh, there's no damage to the actual uh, uh, to trunk as it goes up, uh, you know, uh, 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 up to the top sort of thing. You can't see it. I don't like, think so. Uh, I can't yeah. see anything. Yeah. yeah. I'll have a closer look um, yeah. a bit later. Yeah. It hasn't been um, eaten by possums or anything yeah. at the top? No. Yeah, no, we don't appear to have possums at the moment here. Yeah. Okay. Um, if, it didn't, if it didn't shoot... Would I need? Would I wait till next year, or would I salvage the top and try and retain what is alive mm. and saw mm. it off? You know, uh, yeah. sort of sixty centimeters from the ground yeah. and make a very short area. We rely on your side and your, your side limbs there. Yeah, whether well, that's going to you know help you a lot. It, it just. I, Think more the thriftiness of the tree's got to be improved somewhere along the line. Uh, but uh, so I it has. Yes, it has got a bit of a um, uh, a ground cover growing underneath it, okay. and I could completely weed that quite yeah, far yeah, away. Yeah, it could be a, if that was helpful. Yeah, I think that'd be helpful. You get a bit of competition there, might give it a little bit more of a boost. But uh, I suppose you fertilise the tree and that sort of thing, you know, a bit of the yeah. old uh, dynamic lifter, chicka chicka manure, give it some... Uh, I could uh, give uh, it uh, some uh, more uh, dynamic uh, lifter. I just gave it, um, yeah, you know, normal... Yeah, 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 yeah you know, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super phosphate type stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The old uh, snow apple is good. Pom-pom danae, I think they call it as well. It's an interesting yeah. apple. It's lovely, white, 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 white flesh inside. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. terrific. That'd be good. Okay. Well, okay. it doesn't sound like it's a simple solution. No, I can't help Tricky you so much. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yes, thank you. Okay. You're welcome, Anne. Good Bye. luck. All right. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, uh, that number, if you'd like to join us, we are running through until 9.15. <coughs> you are, of course, listening to the 3CR Gardening Show, so do give us a call, 94190155. Um, uh, one of our listeners wants to uh, know which uh, nursery you work at that we were talking ah, about earlier. Yes, I'm at uh, Karanga Native Nursery, which is in York Road in Mount Evelyn. Uh, there's three nurseries, uh, plant nurseries in yeah, York Road, which is right. very convenient if you're yeah, on a bit of a yeah. uh, plant hunt. Yeah, um, but we're the yeah we're obviously specialised in, in native plants only, and yeah, terrific place. Don't, to don't be. go on a pub crawl, go on a plant crawl. Go on a yeah. plant crawl, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, no, the, the other two nurseries are lovely as well, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but it's a, it's a good place I, to work. I, I've been there, and it's a credit to them up there. Uh, maybe it's really, really well done. It's displayed so well, and you don't realise again how many and there's new stuff coming in now that uh, you know I haven't I wasn't acquainted with in my nursery days so I gave up seven, seven years ago now and uh, some spectacular you know 
in the olden days, perhaps you thought of native plants as a little bit on the dull and dreary, you know, not quite as spectacular yep. as our exotics, but yep. there's some gorgeous flowers and stuff oh. that keep coming through with new breeding and stuff. Yeah, now, oh, the, they, you know? the breeding has been incredible yeah. with yeah. Australian natives. It has, and I mean, we've got, I mean, we've literally got thousands of years to catch up on when you think of yeah. roses and camellias mm. yeah, that yeah, have been cultivated true. for so, that's right. centuries, yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, yeah, the Australian so sure. breeders are sort of playing yeah, catch up yeah. a bit, but yeah, boy, yeah, oh boy, are they doing an amazing job in creating plants that are really suitable for our, our gardens. They certainly are. Highly floriferous and the pest and disease resistant and um, you know there's grafted ones available which so we can grow all those specky WA plants essentially yeah. <laughs> over here on the, on the, on the yeah, east coast. Right. We always want the WA oh, ones. What is it? What is it? It's we don't have sandy soils <laughs> like that. I know. A lot of it. I know but no. uh, yeah. Heavy clothes over yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very heavy clay. Don't go anywhere without a crowbar. Oh, my goodness. I was planting some tube stock of the um, drooping Cassinia, the Cassinia aculeata, oh, yeah. or common Cassinia, I should say. And it's one of my endemic plants. And um, we all know that I have this annoying rabbit problem. Um, so now I've taken to um, planting tube stock and, and using those um, plastic tree guards, yes, essentially. Yes. And the rabbits are, just seem to be hopping right by them. So I've got fingers crossed. But even still, planting for tube stock, I'm still taking the crowbar around the garden. Yeah, <laughs> <that's right. laughs> Don't you talk to me about mountain soil, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's go to another plant. All right. Then. So, uh, okay. So the Pamelia that I brought in was uh, a Tasmanian one and, and this one that I'm um, going to talk about now is also a Tasmanian one. Um, this is the Diplorina latifolia which has what I consider a rather um, sad common name of Western flag iris. Uh, I'm sure they could have been a little bit more creative with that but um, there's only two species of uh, Diplorina, the other one being Morea and um, both are endemic to Tassie and um, they're very, if you know the dietes, um, bicolor and grandiflora, yes. which are very often planted as amenity plantings uh, by council, it, they're very similar yes. in look to that. So they are in that uh, iris family, so in the iridaceae family. And um, so, I mean, if you wanted to replace your dietes or your, um, your irises with something a bit more yeah. local, this is, you know, very, very similar. So they have those... Um, green, very sort of deep green um, tufting um, foliage, which is quite upright. It's not, it's not yes. floppy like I suppose some of the irises can get. Um, and uh, the flower it is a very yes. iris-like flower, it isn't is. it? And, and dietes-like yes. flower. With the, the, I suppose the main difference is white, white outer petals, so three outer petals, whereas the dietes have got six outer petals, and then the inner petals of uh, purple and yellow. So they're extremely attractive. Uh, the flowers don't last long. They only last a day, which sounds rather dismal, but they produce them for weeks on end. Okay. So there's, there's like a so new flower every day. Flowering. It is, yeah. So it's one of those plants that's kind of, when it's not in flower, it just sits in the nursery feeling sorry for itself. And then the second it's in flower, you just see it in everybody's trolleys. Right. It's just, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. One of those really good ones. So um, how tall it looks is it? How like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't look as tall as, as no. the diagonal. That's right. So about 50 centimetres. Yeah. So well, tall there, and wide. Yeah, so it's a clumping. It's a clumping perennial herb, I suppose. And yeah, so it'll slowly kind of the clumps will get bigger and bigger, and it sort of copes with really heavy frosts and and snow if you live in a snowy area. Yeah, Tassie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, pref- I suppose it uh, prefers moist, well-drained soil, but it is a pretty adaptable plant. Um, nice. Yeah, it likes um, full sun for at least part of the day. Um, that doesn't really do as well, I suppose, in those dappled shade conditions. Right. Okay, uh, it right. does prefer a hit yeah, of yeah, a, a hit of sun, yeah, a, a big yeah, chunk yeah, of sun, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. it won't mind if it gets kind of like partial sun, which is it's all very tricky talking about sun, like partial sun and, and, yeah, and yeah. all that sort of thing, isn't it? But That's I suppose right. there's, there's partial sun and then there's dappled shade. So partial sun might be where it gets sun for three hours a day, whereas dappled shade, it might sort of get those sunny, shady conditions for yes. the whole day. Yes. Um, so that's what it doesn't like. But, um, yeah, in, in terms of um, using it in the garden, it, you know, fantastic in amongst, uh, well, in a rockery. It would, it would look yeah, work nice. really well and um, would work as a low sort of border oh, in, in front of gun, great, mass, yeah. Oh, mass planting, because we've got, got them massed in pots at the moment. Mm. And, boy, they look sensational. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, so that's the, the Western flag iris or the yeah. Diplorina latifolia. Yeah, Thank you. Is it the little hibertia you've got over there? Is it it is a little hibertia, Graeme, yeah, yes. Yeah. This is one I of my remember some of my plants. Favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this this is um, so the herbaceous, the guinea guinea flowers, and uh, extremely bright yellow, Lovely. almost mm. buttercup like flowers, but yeah. sort of slightly uh, wider and, and flatter. Um, the herbaceous pedunculata is what I brought in the boomers one. So there's herbaceous pedunculata straight um, yeah. species, and then the cultivar boomers, which is essentially the same plant but has just got much bigger, okay. brighter yellow yeah. flowers. And uh, that's a, a ground cover, you know, might get to a metre, metre and a half, and, you know, it, it can sort of creep up a little bit, so it might get up to 30 centimetres just sort of creeping yeah, around sure. the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, yeah, fantastic in, in shade or sun. Um, I've got it in the garden and in heavy clay, and it's, um, I wouldn't say it's growing at a million miles an hour, but uh, I've protected it from the rabbits, and it's, it's creeping along and um, doing its thing. So Very it's just floriferous. Oh, it's extremely, Buds all over it as well as the flowers. Yeah, no, it's... Look, looking good. Take clay soils or... Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very adaptable to different soils, and, yeah, the... the native insects and stuff love yeah, it so yeah, yeah. Good, good, it's great. Good, good little plant okay we've got a couple more phone calls to get to uh first up we're going to uh vic who's in maribyrnong good morning vic uh good morning hang on just let me get out of this away from the radio yes that's a good idea i'll be right getting away <laughs> now, now, now listen i've got a very interesting problem yep. is there some sort of scam going on with uh, purple potatoes. In what way? Well, you get a few different varieties, different shades of purple, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just cannot remember the one I bought. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I bought one, 
I actually bought a very dark one, a very sort of a, a long kind of one. It was very dark purple. When yeah. I cooked it, it stayed purple, right? Yeah. Everything about it was purple. Right. But this one that I brought home, a different variety, I cooked it, and it just went plain white. Yes. Inside, you know, like a normal potato. Yes. And the, the skin of it is white as well. Is there some sort of scam going on where they're actually dying the potato? No, no, no. They don't trust us, do they? No, <laughs> no it's just the different varieties. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah but, the inside, but the inside shouldn't be white. It should have that pinkish tinge, shouldn't it? It must be a different variety. Yeah. Yeah, a white one that was dyed. <laughs> mm. Hope not. This one... Talangi, was it we used to grow, and that that's sort of a, a, a purplish skin to it. Uh, there's purple king. There's, the, look, there's a few king, of them. I can't the, remember. There's a, there's all a, the a, there's a lot there. Yes. But to my knowledge, I thought they would tend to be white inside. Where they had, I thought the skin was the only purple part of it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I've, I've grown one that, that yeah. was co- stayed but completely but purple, oh, and so you could okay. actually yes. you could actually present purple mash on oh, on there, your there you dinner plate. Very good. But yeah, other ones. Are definitely yeah, white inside, yeah, so it, it, it really is a matter of finding the right variety that you want. Um, per- Peruvian it, purple potatoes. Ooh, there you go. There go. I'm, I'm just looking yeah, at them yeah. now. Just Google them now. Peruvian purple. They're extremely purple, high in anti, high in antioxidants. Yeah, yeah, which makes them more more oh, well, health, this, healthy. This, yeah, but this particular shop sells about something like about at least four varieties. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, have you spoken to the shop owner about about the potatoes? So maybe they'd be able to get you the ones. I'm sure they could cut one color. open for yeah. you to check that it was purple. Oh, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that way you'd know that you were getting the one you want. Yeah, but some of them are not so dark, you know, and they're only quite, quite sort of yeah. light. Yeah. Actually, what I'll do is I'll write the names down. Okay. Of, what, what, of the varieties they got. Yep. Yeah. But, but they're all sold under one roof. So I don't, and those girls in there, they're all underaged, underpaid. So they, they're not going to know what they got. Oh, well, you, you might have to do a bit of research bit yourself. Bit of research, yeah. Get the names of them. Vic. Interesting, yeah. We'd like, we'd like to hear. Yeah, well, anyway, I thought there was some kind of scam. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. No scam. Yeah, all right, well, all right. Well, thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, then. None, none that we've heard of anyway. <laughs> okay. And uh, next we're going to Claire in Chelsea. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. Uh, my question to A.B. Bishop. A.B., uh, I know you do a lot of talks for uh, uh, with councils for Gardens for Wildlife. Yeah. I was at your talk with the City of Frankston for their launch of Gardens oh, for Wildlife. Oh, wasn't that great? They had so many fantastic people yeah, there. Exactly. So many fantastic people. Um, my question is, have you ever thought about um, uh, targeting councils' planning departments, <laughs> in particular councils that do not have environmental planners, um, to give your talk to these planners for, for when um, they um, uh, tick off on the endorsed landscape plans to multi-unit developments. The reason why I ask you this question is because uh, I complained to my council um, about a new three-unit development down the street where 
the plant species was supposed to be 80% exotic. Mm. Um, some of the uh, indigenous species on the plan were missing. Um, however, they did allow um, this developer to put approximately 30 exotic succulent species into this endorsed landscape plan, mm. uh, 12 different species uh, 12 different varieties and I complained that it would affect the ecology um, and the integrity of the endorsed landscape plan. However, council allowed it as it was um, um, uh, in accordance, basically in accordance to the landscape plan. Mm, I, I find that really quite bizarre. A, a lot of our councils have got these fantastic sustainability policies and yep. they, re they have uh, such a terrific resource for residents to hop on and, and find endemic plants and a lot, as we know, have got um, native nurseries attached to them. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then you hear all, all these types of stories, which is really quite sort of mind-boggling, I suppose, and in terms of speaking to the relevant people who make these decisions, I mean, I would love to because I often have this dream because I think to myself when I'm talking and when I suppose any of us are presenting on something that we know we're attracting a converted audience already. So we are preaching to the converted. And I want to have, I often say to people, I want to have 100 people in a room who hate the environment, who hate native plants, and then, you know, try and convert some of those people and, and not so, so much convert them I suppose but open their eyes to the I suppose the, the not only the ecological importance but also the ease of, of what we can actually use because there are so many as you would know alternatives that can be used in exactly the same way as we're using these exotic species and yet they have such a terrific positive um, benefit so for the local ecology. So it's these uneducated planners, these planners that have no idea on the meaning or value of diversity that are creating our livable spaces. So um, that's why I asked that question. Have you ever thought about speaking to planning departments of councils? I haven't. I have thought about contacting different councils with lists of suggestions, but I'm, sh I'm sure they yep. do um, receive lots of suggestions from uh, like-minded uh, people. Um, but, yeah, that is, that is a good idea, Claire. Great. Yeah, thanks, that, that is. That, yeah, no, thanks for the idea. I, I appreciate Good. that because I, sometimes I do I want to hit my head against a brick wall. You know, you know people, they come into the nursery and, and someone came in um, wanting to buy um, mistletoe of, of oh. all things and the council had put it on the list of things to buy. It's like, come on. It was crazy. So, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation and uh, misunderstanding out there. But that, that's a terrific idea, Claire. Thank you. Great. Thanks, OB. Cheers. Mm, bye. bye. Yeah. Okay, I think you've got one more, yeah, a couple more plants we haven't covered, AB. Well, I have, and they're, they're sort of, it's almost like a two for one, these ones. So, um, <laughs> so the um, ones I've, I've brought in are uh, Goudinia avata, and I've brought in the shrub form, and there's also a ground cover form. And um, Goudinia avata covers a, a very interesting um, distribution. It's sort of eastern Australia, but into the arid zone. 
I'm just showing Graham mm, a bit of a map oh, and Pam yeah, a bit yes. of a map. So it, they're, they're perfectly adaptable to a huge range of soils and climates. So they will cope with boggy areas. They will cope with extremely dry areas. They'll cope with sun. They'll cope with dapple shade. They'll cope with partial shade. Uh, so it's one of my favourite plants. It's one of the pioneer plants. So right. we know it grows super quickly and really great for filling gaps quickly. Um, the, the gardenia about the shrub uh, gets to probably about one and a half ish meters tall and wide, uh, relatively dense, but it can get a bit lanky if you don't sort of tip prune it, and you can certainly hack it back. I know ours got um, nicely pruned by the rabbits and popped back beautifully. Uh, it's got uh, bright green. Um, sort of uh, ovate leaves, hence the name ovata, and um, almost a, a little bit sticky, and they've got a, a, a toothed uh, margin to the leaves. So the, the the shrub itself is really attractive, and then um, lovely bright yellow flowers. And the uh, ground cover form is essentially exactly the same plant. The leaves are a bit smaller. Um, the spaces in between the leaves are also a bit smaller. So it makes quite a sort of dense matting ground cover. Mm. And, um, as, and, and both like similar conditions. So for me, they're, they're sort of one and the same plant in a way. I mean, well, they are the same plant in a way. But um, yeah, yeah, a ground cover form and a, and a bush form. So And um, bees and hoverflies love them. And they're they're also the um, the host plant for the meadow argus butterfly. All right. Yeah. So um, fantastic to have in a Melbourne garden. Yeah. 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 The ground cover form looks like it would get dense enough to help suppress weeds. Oh, a bit. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It is really quite a dense one and uh, relatively quick growing, um, like the like the shrub form, which is yeah, yeah. super quick growing. Yeah. So no. So that's Gudinia avata. So the the one I brought in, the ground cover one, is called Gold Cover, and that's one that um, Angus Stewart has developed. Um, I think there's a couple out there yeah, though. There yeah, mm-hmm. so it's yeah, yeah, very sure. interesting and uh, yeah. lovely, yeah, lovely plants, <coughs> very mm-hmm. handy. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, in- in- interesting, the, like you mentioned before, uh, you know, the exotic plants that we've got today uh, subject over, you know, a few thousand years of uh, selection, you know. Oh, there's a there's a uh, an azalea with a little bit bigger flower. We'll try that, and you know, through not only uh, natural ev- evolution, but man selecting, select to select until you get, yep. you know, and. That going on for many, many generations of plants have given us the glamorous plants of, you know, they came from beginnings where they weren't as... Yeah, they were bush scraggly plants as well. Exactly. I was just thinking of the, I think in Gardening Australia recently, they had a girl who had done a PhD on eucalypts and endeavouring to plant a whole range of eucalypts and probably doing hybridisation as yes, well yes. and and uh, you know uh, the the aim of it was to get a, uh, a eucalypt that's more suitable for our, our, our flower, flower, flower gardens and uh, come, came, come up with a you know, the, the, you know it's, it's a long Process, isn't it? I mean, mm. oh, you, you, right. you, you, you hybridise the thing, and you've got to w- 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 wait until that grows up and has a flower to see what's going on. And so, you know, the the, the, the generations, you've got to be very, very patient to get anywhere. But you're still, you know, really enthusiastic about it and getting 
uh, uh, dwarf Maligan. She wants a small, a small eucalypt. She likes a glamorous flower, of course. Maybe some some good, good uh, for, for form of the thing. And eventually, she'll, she'll, she'll get places. But yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's good to see that that breeding, and like, like you're saying with the. Uh, it, Pam, Pam was saying, and reiterating my words, you know, there's some amazing things coming out, and they're right onto it. And there's a lot of work going into that uh, breeding of our, our Australian natives. Yeah, so, we've got yeah, in, 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 incredible yeah. plants, and uh, yeah, yeah, and more and more demand for them mm. overseas. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, that's another thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I grew up. Well, what I was, was at La Trobe Union. Got to know uh, Merv, Merv Turner. Merv, Merv Turner was it the good guy? He, he took, took, took Anagazanthus, the kangaroo plant. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, Merv Turner. Under his wing, and of course, you know, took things in, from the Western Australian things. Maybe a. a uh, uh, and a gazanthus might flower only, uh, only in August, and there's another one that flower, fl- fl- flowers in December, and uh, so they never uh, cross pollinate, pollinate. So you would get them in glasshouses and special things, get them to come out together and, and to do, 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 do the pollination trick, and you know, all those uh, you, you would be aware of them. A B. Uh, bush, bush gems. Bush, uh, oh my goodness! Uh, there uh, are yeah, so yeah. many that, that, that really varieties came, of kangaroo came from his, his, endeav- yeah, his, his, yeah, yeah. his endeavours. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's yeah, so yeah, many. Yeah. Pam, can I really quickly mention yes. the wild pollinator count, which yes. is uh, yeah, it's on from the seventh to the tenth of November. So it's one of the citizen science projects oh, okay. um, that run by a, a woman by the name of Karen Retra. and um, yeah, essentially you stand in front of a pretty flower for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and watch what uh, insects land in it and then mm-hmm. hop onto the website and record it. And so they're getting this really broad picture of what insects are where Goodness around gracious. the country. And So I mean, this is like the Great Aussie Bird Count. It is like the Great Aussie Bird yeah, Count yeah, for yeah, insects. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's called the Wild Pollinator Count. So it's just wildpollinatorcount.com yep. and it's on from the 7th to the 10th of November. And they're really starting to get a fantastic picture of what's going on. Uh, we know that we, there's a lot of interest around insects and what insects are where but yeah, uh, yeah it's a really terrific what a great idea it is yeah it's wonderful so, so we, is this the first year they've done it no no they've done it for a few years now okay. and so they're really starting to build up a good picture and there's I mean you don't have to know um, what the insect is you know you might narrow it down to a, a fly or a, or a bee or a beetle or whatever so you don't yep. need to know exactly yep. and they've got hints and tips so for, for letting it know excellent yeah, 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 yeah. okay <laughs> we have run out of time for yet another week. This always seems to happen to us, unfortunately. But, uh, of course, we will be back again next week. A huge thank you to Doug, who's handled all the phones for us this morning. And, uh, of course, a big thank you, too, to AB and Graham, who've been in the studio. Tune in again next week at 7.30. Until then, bye for now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.